There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Hey, a movie! Yeah, we're gonna be a movie! Starring everybody and me! There'll be heroes bold, there'll be comedy, and a lot of fuss that ends for us real happily. Hey, a movie! We can watch it on the bell, starring everybody! Sponsorships. No one, it, fucking Coca-Cola is not asking us, where's your Valentine's Day episode, you know? Oh my god, I wish. Yeah, I don't even have patrons barking me down if the episode's, you know, like a little behind. They're like, hey bud, I get it, it's cool. <laughs> I didn't give you money because I thought, you know, you always had your, your finger on the pulse, you know? I didn't, I didn't think you were on top of things. I knew. <laughs> I knew before I gave you money. That's what the patrons sound like. Alright, now Cat Scott. You have an annual birthday party tradition event where people get online and give various PowerPoint presentations of things that they are passionate about. Is that is this true? As passionate about or is just something that's like something that's like your Roman Empire or something that you want to like roast yourself about. It's just something that you need to get out of your system through a visual medium. And I'm sure people have seen it on TikTok and iterations of it. I started doing it during the pandemic as a way to stay in touch with my friends. So it wasn't strictly for birthday. It was more like the only way I could see friends for a while. Um, and then true. It, And then it evolved into having friends all over the place and wanting to see them on my birthday so i was like this is the best way to do it i also wrote about powerpoint in my in my master's thesis there's a whole love letter to powerpoint essay so big part of my journey we love powerpoint don't we folks and you have one that i haven't seen that's right at this most recent party i didn't have one prepared i only came up with my idea midstream and there were just so many people who already had theirs it just i would have had to stay up mega mega late (laughs) to even give it and uh, it was not in the cards. So what better time, what better way to use this inspiration than to make some hashtag content? And so I am going to share my screen for, let me know if you see the PowerPoint. Yes. Great. Welcome to the TV's Kevin Lanigan definitive ranking of New York movie theaters. Now, there are a lot of entrants on this list. Um, the the rules for ranking are uh, arbitrary and yet also scientific, religious, and cannot be moved and are empirically correct. Um, there is no facet of a movie theater that is being discounted in this ranking. We are considering picture quality. We are considering food quality. We are considering geographic convenience. We are considering ambiance. There's nothing that is outside the realm of of scope of what we are judging these movie theaters by. Um, These are movie theaters that I have been to and that I have seen at least one movie in. Um, There are some notable New York City movie theaters that are not on this list. The Roxy is not on this list um, simply because I've never been there. And uh, that's just something that we're all going to have to get past. I can update uh, this list at any time if indeed I ever decide to go to the Roxy. Cat Scott, any questions before we begin? I just appreciate the integrity that you brought to this because I think integrity is a big part of PowerPoint presentations. It's 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 leaning into the earnestness 
and the truth of things, even yes. when it's uncomfortable and maybe not as glamorous. So thank you for doing the work. You're, you're so welcome. And uh, without any further ado, we shall begin with, we're going from bottom up. So we're building up to what is the best New York movie theater. And because of that, that means we must start at the bottom. Number 27, the Regal Kaufman Astoria, located in Astoria, Queens, across the street from the Museum of the Moving Image. This theater, what isn't wrong about it? What's right about it? Nothing. It's a a bad movie theater. The door is located... um, on in like a back corner on one side the only entrance to the theater you you go to the front it's a big solid wall you have to walk an extra five minutes down the sidewalk to get to the entrance of the movie theater i have never had a decent crowd in this theater um this is where i saw west side story and i had to move my seat four separate times during the screening and every time i found a new group of people who were talking over the entire movie um it is not a movie theater that lets you have any peace whatsoever. It's a Regal. That's a that's a strike against it. No offense to the great people at Regal Cinemas. Uh, but you run a bad theater train. And um, yeah, just the dirt worst. Nothing to write home about. Bad pre-show. Bad everything. Number 27, the Regal Kaufman Astoria. Cat Scott, you and I notoriously saw RRR. That's theater. what's interesting is I had such a breakthrough cinematic experience there that of that's course. really one of my only reference points. I think I went back and it felt very like being back in a Missouri movie theater. Um, yes. I think I it tried to see like another COVID movie. It felt like COVID never ended at the Regal Kaufman Astoria. It's just, yeah. It felt, it felt really bad in there. And yes, it, that, but that's what you said is actually an excellent point, an excellent lesson in that even the worst movie theater is still a wonderful venue where you can see motion pictures. And what's better than that, folks? Folks, what's better than that? Uh, moving on. Number 26. I just remember the audience engagement for RRR2 made it yes really beautiful so i if i had only had that experience at that movie theater i would have been like that's probably a good movie theater with good vibes i remember nothing of the lobby nothing of anything else just the vibes of the movie so of course exactly rrr is so powerful it made you forget the rest of the regal kaufman story also bad snacks uh anyway moving on number 26 freddy's bar Oh, now, I Freddy's saw the, the Steve Martin thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So this is another one that you happen to have been to, uh, if only in brief and for half of a movie, uh, All of Me, starring uh, Steve Martin and Lily Tomlin, uh, which was then followed up by a screening of The Man with Two Brains, also starring Steve Martin. So this is just a bar in South Slope, maybe Park Slope, Brooklyn, uh, that happens to have a screening room in the back where for no money they have scheduled screenings usually of something on VHS. It's hard for me. I now I'm not I I love that about Freddy's Bar. That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful service that you can go there on a weird Sunday afternoon and see a couple of Steve Martin movies on VHS. I think that's beautiful. As like an actual venue to watch a movie in, 
not the best. Bad seating. Your your view is kind of always obstructed no matter where you are in the back room. And, you know, just not my venue of choice. If, if, if RRR were playing at Freddy's Bar or a real movie theater, I'd go to the real movie theater. But it's a fine little venue in, in the back of a bar. And I'm not counting any bars where they have TVs and you might watch, you know, Cocktail starring Tom Cruise on mute. No, no, no. Those do not count. Uh, this is a real screening room in the back of a real bar. A plus on Freddy's Bar, really good snacks, really good eats um, that you can just turn around and order while you're watching a movie at Freddy's Bar. And I'm sorry that the bottom two are both places that we have been together. Those are That's unrelated data. Correlation oh. does not equal causation, <laughs> okay. I promise. Good, good to know. Because also, I will say, I enjoyed the films there. The film vibes exactly. were good, but I do, I do remember feeling obstructed and like uh, it wasn't like enough detail that I could pay attention the whole time, but there wasn't also enough wiggle room to like socialize because it was so yeah. intimate. You didn't want to bother other people. So it was you're kind of put in an awkward place of like lo-fi without the ability to kind of cut through it with socializing. You're absolutely that it's a weird zone where it feels like you should all be talking over the movie, but you can't because it's like a scheduled screening that people are there specifically to be at. You're 100% right. But it'd be a good, if I were throwing a party and we wanted to throw something on the screen in the back of Freddy's, you know, that's something, that's an idea. And I like that. But moving on. Number 25, The United Palace. We have not been here together, Cat Scott. No, we have not. I'm unfamiliar. Um, this theater this. is way, way fucking up north in Harlem. It's a huge, Pretty. huge venue. It's gorgeous inside. Um, it is wrong to show a movie theater, a movie here. It's wrong. You and I have only ever been on the balcony where this panorama picture that, that we are both looking at was taken. I've never been down on the ground it obviously must sound better down there because when I'm watching a movie in the United Palace, which I've done two times, the ground floor is loving it and the balcony is like kind of bored and dejected because they have a regular size movie theater screen kind of just like sitting where, you know, a small orchestra might sit. And that's like hundreds and hundreds of feet away <laughs> from yeah. where you're sitting in the balcony. The acoustics are bad to play a movie uh, i saw heat there and i saw black swan and Whoa. uh both times you're just like you really gotta like lean forward to try and hear what's happening again a gorgeous venue would see a concert there or something bad venue to show a movie did um, you ever go to the moolah in st louis missouri it was like only only once but they had those big couches that's what i remember couches. about the moolah yeah you could just chill on a couch and watch like raiders of the lost ark it was pretty uh, sick it was so nice the the screen was really really big and almost like the ratio yeah. of how close the couches were to the was almost the opposite ratio but it, it had the same sort of ornate vibe it used to be some sort of temple palace yes church thing and then they turned it into this movie theater with couches and similarly good vibes good like programming of like weird horror movie wednesdays or whatever and it yes. looks like this on the inside but um it had the opposite the screen was too big and the and the seats were too close so yeah this was too far away screen too small and also like sub broadway intermission like snack options every yeah. time i've been there the snacks are depleted by the time i'm like looking for snacks 
And that's an important part of the movie theater. What kind of grub do you have in there? And if you're lacking in that department, you're just lacking. Number 24, the AMC Empire 25. The Times Square AMC with 25 screens inside of it. Now, for any listeners out there who are not New Yorkers, don't know the New York movie theater situation, New York movie theaters are vertical because, you know, we build things up here as opposed to the the, the big Midwestern sprawl, right? Um, so this is a theater that is stacking movie screens on top of each other up to 25. And if your screening is in, like, screen 23 through 25 which is on the top floor you are going to be ascending for no joke 10 or 15 minutes um just going up escalator after escalator after oh, escalator no, no i i there might be i've never seen <laughs> the elevator i've never been able to find it also by the time you get up past like floor three you're never gonna see an employee again like you like they they do not venture off the ground floor um you could do anything i could deal drugs on the top floor of amc to empire 25 they would never find me um you're just up there on your own the seats are bad um especially in the upper theaters where they do not give a fuck you can feel like the eye i saw the boy in the heron upstairs on in this bad boy and like there was just an iron rod poking in my back through like the entire movie um a bad theater stickiest floors on planet earth back when times square used to have porno movie theaters the theaters of the amc empire 25 are somehow stickier um it's just a it's a it's a weird bad environment and also huge knock against this you have to go through times square to get to it you are fighting through like the madame tussaud crowds you're fighting past the ripley's believe it or not the applebee's crowds you are like you have to elbow your way and then your reward is going to the amc empire 25 no thank you number 23 the alpine cinema i Mm. went here one time with an ex whose uh, HBO Max profile you recently rewrote um, and, and made in your own image. The Alpine <laughs> Cinema, I saw Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi here on an early date with that ex. Um, there were only old people in the theater, even though it was a nighttime screening, and they got mad at how tall I was, so I had to, like, sit crouched down the entire movie it gave me um big back problems for the rest of the evening and also i got very sick the evening after going to this movie theater and i am counting that against the alpine cinema yeah bad vibes and i believe it is one of new york's oldest movie theaters um the alpine cinema and like many things that are old it is also past its prime tear it down (laughs) You don't need to tear it down. But you no, can you don't need to tear it, it down. I just don't need it. to go back, you know? Yeah, renovate yeah. it. The Alpine Cinema. Make it mountain-themed. We'd love to see some drawings of mountains. Since you called Ooh, it Alpine. Like the, like the Twin Peaks um, Hustler or Hooters Yeah, style. the Twin Peaks Hooters. Yeah. 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 That would be a good vibe. Ooh. I'm all for it. I would do like a Hooters movie theater. That sounds sick. I love that. Actually, can't. I'm cutting that out because we're going into business. <laughs> you can't keep cutting these great ideas out because I'll never remember until I listen That's back. That's true. That's true. Look at that sun-faded comic book store sign next to it. You cannot make out the Superman logo on that thing. All strikes I've against the here. Alpine is this, Cinema. Is this in like Sunset Hills? Yeah. 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 
Yeah, I think I saw something there. Wow, incredible. Um, I almost forgot about this theater. I had to go back through, uh, oh gosh, I guess seven years of uh, Apple calendar (laughs) notifications to be like, where was this theater? And I found it. I found it earlier today. Yeah, I had to get my car fixed in Bay Ridge, and I ended up in that area. Oh, and you had time to Mm -hmm. kill. (laughs) What am I going to do? Yeah, number 22, the Quad Cinema. Um, This is located in sort of lower Manhattan. Um, This is a – this is probably the line on this presentation where anything up from here, like here and up, I'm like, this is a perfectly fine place to watch a movie. I wouldn't mind if someone's like, you want to go catch this at the quad? I'd be like, sure. The problem with the quad, the the screens are tiny, tiny, tiny. You're in these sort of long wind tunnels, and the screen does not feel meaningfully different from like when I walk by someone's apartment and they're projecting Love Island on their wall. Like it just, it really doesn't feel like, I, I cannot be enveloped by by cinema by a screening of after yang uh when i'm looking at this postage stamp uh but that being said they they curate good things they do good retrospectives they do decent good um indie screenings you know those low level kind of like the a24 movies that a24 doesn't bother to release very wide like after yang like that's what's playing at the quad and it's a perfectly fine place to see a movie haven't been uh, number 21, Cobble Hill Cinemas, located in Cobble Hill. I've been here one time for mm-hmm. a screening of Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. Um, decent snacks, fine enough theater. It's it's very cute. It's very quaint. You go inside, it feels very, like, homey. It doesn't have the sort of hyper-corporate malaise of an AMC or a Regal. But it's not um, quite a landmark either. It's yes, like in the more yeah. independent run. It, yeah, yeah, it's an independent cinema, and it's it feels very quaint. It feels very nice. Like the 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 town that I grew up in, there was a big one screen movie theater that was just run by this sort of older married couple, and it kind of reminds me of that. It feels like very homegrown, very uh, nicely independently run. I don't know if it is truly an independent theater. It might have a be a be a subsidiary of something, but it's very nice, and I think and I'm glad the Cobble Hill Cinemas is still kicking to this day and that i could see martin scorsese's the irishman in theaters at the cobble hill cinemas number 20 the williamsburg cinemas a a movie theater that feels like an accident this is where you go yep this is where you go when you want the audience to talk over the movie this is like this is where i saw the mario brothers movie and there were several different groups that were making jokes at the mario brothers movie the entire time and that was fine that's why you go to the Williamsburg cinemas. You go to the Williamsburg cinemas to experience New Yorkers experiencing a movie. This I is saw where you the Little Mermaid there. here. Yeah. The new Little Mermaid, like yeah. the live action one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, if you want someone to say like, ah, oh, she's wet, you know, like that's why you go to the Williamsburg cinemas. Um, and uh, a perfectly fine theater, perfectly fine snacks. It's an okay place. It's just kind of best because your audience is going to be um, taking substances, it's probably best if you are as well. It's um, one of those, as a sober person, it's one of those places that the reason Alamo now has like a rowdy screening is for people yeah. like this to get, it's it's based off of this kind of movie theater culture. 
it sanctioned Williamsburg Cinema's activity, exactly. Um, one of the great aspects of the Williamsburg Cinemas is that across the street, there is like a little bodega that has a picture of movie theater popcorn on it. And it's so obvious that they want you to buy snacks to sneak into Williamsburg Cinemas. And I think that's beautiful. I think I think that's a beautiful piece of culture. That's genius. That's a point. There's a point in Williamsburg Cinema's favor that they have a little snack stand across the street. And you know what? I hope everybody's in on it. You know what I mean? I, I hope everybody's so making money I was so late to the that. game. I was so late to start sneaking in snacks. And I worked at a movie theater. And it was, like, after I worked at a movie theater that I even had the thought for the first time, like, <gasps> oh, I should sneak in snacks. They're so much cheaper. Absolutely. Number 19, the Museum of Modern Art, MoMA, mm. uh, for anyone who, who only knows her by her nickname. This feels like you could get a pap smear and watch a movie at the same time. It does feel like a surgical theater, yes. It does It does sort of feel like I'm going to learn how to take an appendix out while in these seats. But instead, I'm going to see a repertory screening at a non-for-profit theater. Um this is fine. When you go here for the first time, you're like, where do I go? How do I get into the movie theater part of the Museum of Modern Art? Uh, it takes some figuring out. Um, and you get down there. Seats are somewhat comfortable. It's not my favorite venue to enjoy a movie, but it's perfectly, perfectly fine. And you get to see some weird stuff that's not playing anywhere else because it is in a museum. It's in an art museum. Almost, I can't imagine there's a lot of screenings in this theater that are, don't have some kind of talk back or conversation after it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody's doing a Q&A after every screening. Number 18, the AMC Village 7. Uh, this is what I consider default movie theater. Seven screens, which is... A lot, but not too many. There's a lot of floors to get to the top theaters, but not too many floors. It's an AMC theater, so it's fine. You know, the movie's on the screen. Um, there's some okay snacks. You could use your AMC Stubbs A-list. You can go see the Ninja Turtles movie. Uh, conveniently located near, you know, a few train stops. You know, it's it's a, it's not a bad place. It feels like an efficiency target. You know, target that has like the limited selection. Like like a target that you would find in the city of New York City. Like yeah, it's a, if... If you were... It's the brand, but it's it's more of like the to-go. It's like CPK to-go or like... Yes. Yeah, Chili's yeah. to-go in an airport. Chili's to-go. It's a very mm -hmm. Chili's to-go. It's kind of like if you were playing a sim video game about designing movie theaters, this is the starting theater before you've made any modifications. Mm, yep. Yeah. AMC Village 7. Uh, the 18th best movie theater in New York. <laughs> Number 17, the, Reg the Regal Union Square. And yet the one that I think of the most of any movie theater, probably just its proximity to uh, my grad school and Convenient for NYU users. Convenient for yeah. the L chain. Right off Union Square. I used to work at a comic book store one block down from here, and I got no. so many free tickets to movies. I would walk past that. Brought on, them in. On my way to work on my thesis, I would walk past Forbidden Planet and I would go, Kevin used to work there. And I would think Kevin. it every time. And I would like think of your little like ghost in the window and be like, ah, th times were different before the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, before before Kevin got a big boy emails job. Conveniently located near The Strand and several eateries. Um, It's again 
perfectly fine. You can see a movie in there. <laughs> it will play on the screen at the uh, 20 minutes after the time it said it will. Um, it's a Regal, so enjoy it while it lasts because it's not going to be around much longer. That company is bankrupt. Uh, but they did some renovations in there over the last few years, and I think it looks really nice in there. I think it's a great ambiance. There's some cool colored lights. Um, it's a perfectly fine place to see a movie for now i think before i saw um i think while alex was at nyu maybe or maybe was touring i saw the muppets movie with jason siegel at that theater before i lived in new york yeah um also every time you go into this theater someone from an energy company is asking you about your energy bill there's always people there trying to get you to do surveys or sign up for things mm. so that is those are some points against the regal union square so valid. don't don't hassle me number 16 the village east by angelica located very near the amc village seven this is the second best angelica in new york um they do good repertory screenings there's not an exquisite snack option here Mm -mm. but again perfectly fine place to see a movie if you want to see babylon in 70 millimeter um this is the place to do it um they're always doing like retrospective like musical screenings and stuff here it seems like they do a lot of special programs and stuff like that again if someone say we're going to the amc the village east by angelica you're going all right i'll be there sign up and that's all i have to say very nondescript regular movie theater I, I I did not go there as much as I thought I would because the village, unless you're in the village or live in the village, it's actually not like the easiest place to get to. Pretty inconvenient to get to unless yeah. you live or work near the village. Absolutely. Number 15, the AMC Kips Bay. Uh, I feel like this is a movie theater that people do not know exists. They don't I go there. I saw Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I agree. I think it was a Saturday and like no one was there. It's There's- nestled between a bunch of hospitals. And yes. it's in also the randomest area. I would say a lot of east side of Manhattan is just like poorly like navigated. Like they just haven't quite figured out how to make it like like all of the stuff is there. But the getting yes. there, it's just something about east east Manhattan it's the poorly good laid out. Stuff There's is all there. those bridges. They don't know what to do. Yeah, this is yeah. the movie theater you go to if like. You're visiting someone in the hospital, and you <laughs> have a couple or you're hours in between. Yeah, the, the Bellevue psych psych board is somewhere over there. There's, yes. um, I know some people have gotten top surgery over there. <laughs> yes, exactly. There's a Chinese food restaurant across the street, and if you try to sit down and eat there, they will be mad at you. They don't, they don't want you to sit down there, even though they have all these tables. There's some nice artwork on the walls of various movie stars. Um, I think it's a it's a very convenient place for TV's Kevin Lanigan to bike home after he sees a movie pretty easy access to the williamsburg bridge via city bicycle from here um if you're into perfectly that kind fine of thing. there's never anyone there there's never you i it's it's amazing you can see beautiful empty screens <laughs> of all kinds of various movies and uh, i love it there i'm at, i'm at the kips bay all the time it's probably my most visited amc somehow mostly because of the biking convenience Number 14, the Paris Never Theater. been here. What is Locate, this? Located off of Central Park. It is a very old style movie theater. There's one big screen and they do like the big performance of like, oh, we must close all the doors before the film begins. And they have an old style like uh, snack stand in the basement. Now, this theater is currently owned by 
Netflix. So this mm. is mostly where Netflix movies do brief theatrical runs to qualify for Academy Awards. Uh, but sometimes, inspired by new Netflix releases, they will do retrospectives on a movie star or a director or the inspirations for the film. So you can see like great repertory old screenings of good movies from the past that are not made by Netflix, but also mostly it's showing like Rebel Moon Part One um, in its brief theatrical window, uh, but it's a it's a nice theater. I love being in there. I love the ambiance. It's near a park, you know. It's just like it's just a very nice place to be. It feels good to be in the Paris theater. Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Yes, but you will not hear that AMC pre roll because this is the Paris. So you'll hear instead. Before every movie. I'm not <laughs> kidding. Number 13, The Nighthawk Williamsburg. The second uh, best Nighthawk in New York City. I actually trained at the first best Nighthawk in New York City and quit after training weekend. It looks difficult to do. It looks hard. Um, so, yes. So, this is a movie theater where they will br- there are assigned seats. They will bring food to your table that you can order right at your seat and i'm not talking popcorn and pretzel bites i'm talking fucking flatbreads and fucking salads and fucking brunch if it's brunch time they'll bring you your alcohol um it's a wonderful place it has a tiny tiny bar on the ground floor you can't fucking move around in there because it's so tiny and so packed they only have like three or four screens um two of which are in a basement but um i admire what they are doing it's a great first Nighthawk for them to improve on at the second Nighthawk to be seen later in this PowerPoint. Alamo is to A24 as Nighthawk Williamsburg is to Neon. Yes, Nighthawk is very the Neon of, of, because you know, there's only like two locations, right? You know, it's still very niche despite aiming for a similar thing and at times being better at the thing. I would say yes. At times, it's better than the thing. As I would say with with neon products as well. Sometimes exactly. Sometimes neon neon is better than a twenty four. Nighthawk Williamsburg. Check it out. Number twelve. AMC Nineteenth Street East. I have a story. Six. I have a story of the AMT Ninth Street Eats. Please go ahead. It's my famous story. If you are a fan of our um, collaborative pods, me and TV's Kevin Lanigan, you've probably already heard the story, but. This is the movie theater where I, where a loose dog appeared this while I was watching. This is the dog. Where I was watching Nope. A loose dog appeared. I, it was like a scary part during Nope. And out of the corner of my eye, I'd heard barking earlier in the film. And then in the corner of my eye, there was like some gremlin like scurrying down the halls. And I was like, what is this? Um, oh, shoot. My friend is calling me. Uh, I'll send them to voicemail. Um quickly tell the story um we might have to we might have to do the the final part time. two <laughs> we might have to do a part two that's okay because um, i also realized i forgot one i forgot one off this powerpoint okay cool um and so i was watching nope and then suddenly a gremlin ran across my chest and it was a tiny dog and it was in the middle of the film nope i I hold the dog. It's kind of funny. This dog was recently groomed. So I'm like, okay, like I can kind of, I can be okay with this dog. And I like look around and I'm like, hee hee, this is funny. And then no one says anything. So then I hold the dog above my head like Simba and think 
surely somebody in this movie theater whose dog this is is going to notice that I have their dog and they're going to come get the dog. Nothing happens. So then I move to the side of the stage of the aisles and I hold the dog again, Simba style, and I hold it up and I go, I hold it silently and I look at everyone. I try to make eye contact with someone. And the most New York thing happened that like has ever happened to me before where I hold the dog and out loud in the middle of the theater, I say, whose dog is this? And no one responds. Everyone just (laughs) looks at me with like the dirtiest look. Like, I can't believe you're interrupting my movie. And then looks back at the film. And I'm stuck with this loose dog that just like noticed that my heart rate was up watching Nope and like came to chill with me. So then I leave and I go look for workers like anybody. And I used to work in a movie theater, as I said. So I'm always like allied with the people who work there. And I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm like, can somebody find like a manager? And they're like, what's going on? And I was like, I have this dog, but it's not mine. They're like, what do you mean? And I was like, I don't know. He just found me in the theater. And they're like, did you try? And I was like, yes. So then we opened the door to other doors of the movie theaters surrounding us and um, let the dog bark to see if like maybe the owner in other movie theaters would hear the dog. Nothing. So then they kept him in like an office and then just gave me like a free ticket to see another movie and was like, sorry, we'll try to find the owner. And then when I got out of the movie... I went upstairs. There were different employees working there. And I was like, and I had missed like 20 minutes of Nope. So I was like completely pulled out of the movie and then thrown back in again, missing like a very fundamental piece and was just so disoriented. And then went to talk to the employees and was like, do you know what happened to the dog? And they were like, what dog? And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, what dog are you talking about? And I was like, the one that I returned to you all. (laughs) And so then I like went like kind of peeked over the escalators to be like where what where did the dog the the dog that was in that they kept in the office like this is such a fever dream and this woman appears from the escalators with the dog on the leash and i go you found it and she just like looked at me so embarrassed and then like ran out and then i like found the manager and i was like what happened and he was like oh i don't know and i was like the owner with the dog just left and he was like oh that's great so <laughs> mystery not solved on that mystery one not solved and that's that's really the amc theaters experience i think that's anyway, amc 19th street like e6 that's pretty okay yeah you know? that's mostly why it's at number 12 it'll be at number 13 when i when i add in a, the theater that i forgot on this list this is definitely my number one just from that story of course it must um, be and once you get to Angelica, I don't know where that ranks for me, but I did see the, the first Angelica. I did see a rat run past me and I don't remember what movie I was seeing either. That's so. the experience. That's well, um, do you want to check with your friend before I plow through the rest of this PowerPoint? Yeah, I think I do need to go. I do. I do need to go you meet need for to coffee. Go. Okay. Yeah. Um, so stay tuned for part two. Stay tuned for part two. I'll probably edit it into one, I imagine. Okay, Um, cool. uh, Cool. Well, you go have a good fun night. I'll give you the rest of this PowerPoint later. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Now I need to go back to New York. (laughs) Yes. Go to all theaters in ascending order. Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) Chaos.
regularly scheduled program uh, do you do you want any anecdotes and chit chat or we just we just, you just want to dive right into the rest of the powerpoint yeah i mean i'm having a super chill you're having a super, super chill, chill good, time. good time well let me you know i'll 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 regale with you with a brief anecdote and then um uh we'll we'll see uh if it makes you feel better or worse i was on a second date recently <gasps> and that second date was there was a not insignificant portion of the date spent watching various uh, moments from SpongeBob the musical. Is that something? Oh my God. No, that's amazing. With Ethan Slater? With Ethan Grande. Uh, yeah. Soon as, to be. Uh, soon to be Ethan Grande. And uh, yeah, we watched, we watched the, because I don't remember how we got to this point. <laughs> uh, it came up somehow organically, I swear. And, um, you know, it came up that, uh, you know, the Spongebob musical, every song is written by a different, very famous musical artist. And uh, so we listened, first we listened to the second song, which was written by David Bowie and Brian Eno. And then I was like, well, we're here. <laughs> Do you want to watch some Spongebob the musical? So we watched the opening number. Uh, How enthusiastic was this date? Was it like a... Was it like a, oh, yeah, I guess. Or was it like a, yeah, let's do it. Was there like a twinkle of mischief in it? I think there was a mischievous, I think there was a mischievous twinkle. Okay. At least in my, from my uh, perception. I, I think, would not have put on Spongebob the musical without enthusiastic consent. That's what I mean. Is like, and not that it wouldn't have, it could have been, it could have been enthusiastic consent with a tinge of, am I going to feel, is this going to, what's going to happen next? Yes. Um, but if it was like a, because I love a co-conspirator in like a weird unhinged content watch. Yes. So if it had that flair to it, then it's a really promising second date. I think it did. Yeah, we watched the opening number. We uh, we watched uh, part of Plankton's rap because they thought Plankton was hot, and I'm like, well, you have to, <laughs> you gotta see this. Okay. And then go. of course. We watched Squidward's number from Act Two. Is that number inspired by like the sexy Squidward? Not to my recollection. It seems mostly inspired by like Rose's turn <laughs> from Amazing. Gypsy. Amazing. Uh, there's like a whole chorus of uh, sea anemones, and it's about how Squidward is uh, not a loser and does not not have talent. And uh, it's a very inspiring song for all of us out there who feel a little Squidwardy sometimes. I remember one of your former podcasts slash one of my former partners, one of your former podcasters, one of my former partners yes. was very into Spongebob, felt very highly about Spongebob. And he also, um, I think it's a, it's a wonderful, enjoyable little, little show. The musical um, specifically. The musical I specifically. I, um, 
have not seen a ton of the animated program because I grew up without Nickelodeon, but I have a much affection for SpongeBob the Musical. And um, I, I think I get why, you know, it didn't last long. It's very confusing. You'd be like, wait, they're not like wearing big costumes, you know, uh, it's a guy in a, in a little shirt and he's SpongeBob, but it works. What can I say? Once you lend yourself over to the magic of theater. It looks very Starkid. It does look Starkid, but if Starkid had way more money. A Broadway budget. As a they Broadway got budge. As they got like long, further and further into their run, I feel, I feel, or further and further, not SpongeBob the musical, when Starkid got further and further yes. into their selves um their budget seemed to improve significantly yeah i haven't watched any of the more recent stuff definitely not yeah but it does seem to have like a decent standard of production budget just like when i see like an ad for it or something yeah i think 2011 is when i saw star kid the musical tour star kid tour (sighs) and that was 12 years ago yeah and that would have only been like a couple of very potters starship me and my dick you know that would have really been that would that would have been most of the offerings at that point yeah it was it was a lot of starship um and then some other Pre- flavors holy musical batman i think it was yeah i think i don't I, I think it was pre-twisted and it was pre the i don't really want to do the work today i don't really want to really do, really do the work today mm-hmm. Yeah, a classic, a classic number. Absolutely. Um, well, I just thought you would appreciate that anecdote. And it kind of it kind of segues us back in. Uh, listeners, I'm sure you heard uh, the music I used to transition from one part of this to another, but we did have to divide this into two recording sessions. Uh, but uh, we, we, we will now continue. Uh, TV's Kevin Lanigan's definitive ranking of New York City movie theaters. Um, from the point where we left off, uh, which is now, uh, called number 14. Can you just also describe for the listeners sort of the state that I was in about seven minutes ago before we were recording, just to kind of give them a flavor. I came down listening to your story and back. That's why, mm-hmm. I, that's why I told the story. I thought you would, like, you would like a nice little musical theater anecdote. I did. Um, yeah, Cat, due to, and trust me, Cat, uh, uh, I've been in this situation many times on the other side of it. Um, uh, d- due to technical and audio issues, I did sort of have to take the gun out of Cat Scott's mouth uh, yeah, while, we were, while we were about to record. Mm-hmm. Um, I, did, I did have to like, cut the noose as it was being uh woven you know it was really we were we were <laughs> we were walking up to a certain point uh because sometimes microphones just don't work and uh trust me i understand that that is the quickest path to sticking your head in the oven i get it it really it felt that way um because i've been through a lot of really 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 difficult actual life things but it is this it's when my cat gets fleas it's when that's what it always my is. license gets suspended it's when the microphone doesn't work that i'm like and this is the 13th reason i think and it is a good <laughs> thing that i am on this phone call right now so that i don't reach the completion this I'm, is uh, it this is it for me very glad Michael Jackson, this is it. Um, yeah, we're all very glad that you're not doing that. People have described and, um, that state for me, too. I, I walked into an anonymous queer space recently, and a friend saw me and was like, oh, okay, 
okay, now that I've heard you share, um, I wasn't sure if that, that twinkle that was in your eye, if that was a not the damn twinkle. unhinged twinkle or like a, you had a really, really good day or if it was one of those really really bad days where one of those twinkles before someone tries to rob a bank (laughs) exactly or just or that 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 flip that snap where you watch a villain go into villain mode um but instead of it being they're angry and vengeful there's there's a smile and there's a there's a fuck it about it and that is the smile that kevin was seeing i was witnessing i was i was witnessing a sort of rictus grin uh before before crimes are about to be committed but uh uh no longer no and um but i understand that feeling well and uh you will get through it but it is always it's always the straw that breaks the camel's back huh it's not the it's not the big load it's not the heavy passenger it's always the straw yeah big fat viral load my friend got sick recently and was like i have a really like big viral load and i was like yeah you got a fat you gonna spray that viral load all over me you're gonna you're gonna spray that viral load on my face is that what you're gonna do (laughs) please don't please quarantine so that you don't (laughs) spread that fat viral load all over my face oh i want it um i think if someone i have a beard i honestly like a, a viral load on my face sounds like a nightmare to to undo that honestly sounds like that would be a lot of work to recover from that on my part i recently um, had a situation with someone with a beard and i forgot kind of what kind of things can can accumulate on yeah that's beard. a that's that's the rest of my evening i think if that happens to me right i think i think i gotta i gotta iron some stuff out I, that's gonna be it's gonna, it's gonna take some work to undo that damage Speaking of, let's resume the PowerPoint. Of course, from where we left off, number 14. Uh, Eagle-eared listeners might remember from a few minutes ago when uh, we left off with number 12. Um, Ignore that. This is the real thing. Uh, The PowerPoint has been revised several times since part one, but it just so happens that none of the additions affected the previous rankings. These were all additions that were beyond the sort of halfway point that we were at, uh, which we love that. Uh, Part of it is I forgot two theaters. Part of it is I went to a theater I had never been to. And um, so that, that affects the nature of the PowerPoint. As we sit here with number 14, the AMC 34th Street, 14. Uh, This is famously where we saw the opening night of Cats, the movie um and uh it's a it's a it's a fine enough theater they got some nice big advertisement spaces on the wall so you can see huge posters for things like uncut gems birds of prey um that greet you in your theater they have a second snack location that is never open um fun fact this was the last uh movie theater i went to before the pandemic um i was trying to catch like one last thing before everything went down uh i went to go see the hunt starring betty gilpin and uh during the climax of the movie where important information was being relayed someone took a phone call (laughs) and that is the story of the amc theater that really sort of Uh, just like colored what was to come you know the the sort of deraveling times to come yeah the the devolving of all social norms as we knew and kind of being faced with what happens when there is no more public social norms and everyone is being suggested to 
do something entirely differently that week specifically. And I know we all remember it and oh, remember we where remember we were, it. you know, you, you, you might remember and you might not want to, but now that we're coming up on four years, which I know is disgusting, um, you might just recall kind of the unhinged choices and dissociation and just, we're not quite sure if it's the end of the world vibe, like kind of the yeah. slow burn of how do we treat this because we've seen a lot of movies about this but now we're in it so um are we overreacting are we being gaslit what absolute yeah and so there was there's just a lot of especially being in new york city there was a lot of very very strange behavior everywhere yeah. you went and um and that's just sort of the normal experience at the am street 34th street 14 you know someone taking a facetime call during your movie is now sort of the post-pandemic norm. Someone recording TikTok footage of themselves is sort of just what you expect when you buy a ticket to an AMC theater these days. Did you already say this is where we saw cats? Is this this? Yes, is... that was in fact perhaps the first thing I said. Yes, this is where we saw cats. For me, yeah. that moment also kind of I think was the snap that led to the global pandemic i think it many was have suggested this many have suggested this it's and it feels it does feel like that if we were to pinpoint kind of a moment in which our timelines snapped or we entered a different realm or mm -hmm. the ripple effects the butterfly effect maybe there were people from the future that came and visited us whatever disruption there was astrally yeah. metaphysically it was, I believe, Cats the Musical movie. Yeah, and it did. It happened at the exact moment at that screening uh, when Idris Elba as McCavity uh, said "ineffable," and that was sort of that was the moment. That I was the that was the that. magic phrase that uh, brought us in. I've since seen Cats uh, three times. Um, a good thing to note about this theater before we move on to really excellent diners within a block of this. If you really want to get something before or after, if you want a nice tuna melt or a wrap, you can go to the TikTok diner, you can go to the Skylight diner. Excellent places to grab a little meal before um, before you see your film. That is AMC 34th 14 as our 14th choice. Wow, ain't that something? Kismet. Uh, number 13, uh, the Regal Essex Crossing, the last theater before the Williamsburg Bridge. Um, edges on 34th Street. A, a lot of great eating options, sort of just like immediately downstairs. There's one of those, you know, little food court dealies uh, that are somewhat popular again. And um, listen, uh, it's, it's kind of sad that Regal Cinemas, a bad theater company, is going out of uh, business most likely because... They really did, like, a good job renovating most of their New York theaters in the last few years. Like, they look very nice. There's a lot of interesting lighting. It's not, like, that boring, flat, like, movie theater lobby lighting that you see at, I don't know, an AMC um, or, a, or a Werenberg. It's, it's a very nice, moody atmosphere. Gets me excited to see a picture. There's nothing else about the Regal Essex Crossing really worth mentioning. Number 12. Ah, stick your pinkies out because we're at Film at Lincoln Center. This is kind of a weird one. It's kind of a movie theater without an identity. Um, it has a mixture of like new, what you might call quote unquote art house fare. 
um, and mixed with a certain amount of repertory screenings, those two buildings are across the street from each other. If you're seeing a new film, you're in one building on one side of the street. If you're seeing an old repertory screening, like I saw the Daniels when they presented uh, Wong Kar Wai's The Grand Master, and that's in the bigger, nicer theater on the other side of the street. It's a very strange little setup. Um, the, 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 the theater itself has no mood. The seats are fine. It feels almost like a place where you might get a PowerPoint presentation as much as you might see a movie. Um, but... Again, like, there are other aspects of it that stand out. Food sucks. Don't bother. Um, just really, like, uh, but, you know, you're kind of in the Lincoln Center area. That's a nice area to walk around. You can see the big fountain from Moonstruck. Um, you're, you're, you're closer to an even better New York City movie theater. Um, it's a perfectly fine place to see a certain kind of movie. Kat, you ever been to the film at Lincoln Center? Yeah, I think I saw, like, a... Foreign documentary, yeah. Um, that was this, hard to follow. Sure, this is a big location during like New York City Film Festival, um, as you might imagine. Uh, just sort of one of the last places that feels like New York is still a cultural center. Kind of one of the last places where you're like, we care about art here. Uh, is the is the film at Lincoln Center? Number eleven. Mm. Angelica Films Center, New York. What'd you say? I have a story about this one. Oh, we all got stories about the Angelica Film Center. So there are things that are really good about this theater. They have a good... This is the perfect place to see a movie that only, like, people over the age of 55 want to see. If there's anything... If you want to see, like, You Hurt My Feelings with Julia Louis-Dreyfus, this is the place to go. Um, I think it's nice in there. They've got a nice cafe upstairs. You can get... it excellent snack a great snack this is one of the finest movie theater snack theaters that there is um some drawbacks of the angelica film center you'll you'll often see our friends uh the rats just sort of around they they like to watch the movies as well i like to picture them eating out of tiny buckets of popcorn uh big drawback of this theater it's sort of situated basically on the subway tracks so no matter what you're seeing at least once during the 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 showing um you're gonna hear the sound of a train going by uh and you might be like this is an interesting creative choice you know i'm watching tar and i'm hearing the sort of low rumble oh that's not in that's not in tar that's i'm on the n train tracks and it's going by right now but uh i don't know there's just a certain I was talking about this with friend of the pod, Hallie, earlier today, because we're seeing a movie tomorrow, but not here, uh, because Hallie is a is a documented hater of the Angelica Film Center, and I, I love to hate it. I think it's a very silly place, but there's just some kind of interesting atmosphere here. It used to be, like, a big cultural center. This was, like, you could make or break an indie film and its reputation by it playing here at the Angelica Film Center. Uh, not so much anymore. Sort of feels just like a place that it's like, ah, this is pretty easy for a couple of us to get to. Um, also, the picture here has all this nice neon lighting. The front of this movie theater has been covered in scaffolding for, like, my entire seven years in New York City. I've never seen the front of this of this building before. Kat, you had a story? 
Yeah, I, but I was trying to remember what movie it was because I feel like that kind of added to the flair. But it was it was just something kind of like what you would see at a landmark theater, some sort of like cute indie um, relational movie. Um, and then there was a rat that just ran its way, ran its way down the aisle. And I was like, hey, man. And I was the only one at the theater. I was the only one in there, so it was just like me and the rat. It felt very like if a tree... It was the New York version of like if a tree falls and no one's there to hear it. <laughs> if a rat <laughs> runs past you in empty theater, did you even see the movie? Were you did even you there? See the, were you even, did you even meet the rat? Yeah, definitely. Like The rat was probably never there, and you were also probably never there. Yeah, it was a dream. A dream of the Angelica Film Center. It's kind of an omen that like you're not actually... <laughs> alive yeah it's it's an omen that you uh are a rat in the film the departed directed by martin scorsese number 10 just went to this um spot this past weekend for the first time but i think for a lot of reasons it's deserving of inclusion here this is the spectacle theater in kind of the williamsburg bedstye area um this is what you would describe as a micro theater it has one screen. The entire space is basically just this screen. There's not. There's barely a snack area. There's one bathroom. There's one toilet in the whole building. And it only has like a few rows of seats. And as you might imagine, it is showing tiny movies. I saw a weirdo, you know, Canadian sci-fi movie uh, there this past weekend uh, that I've been trying to see for a long time. Spectacle was playing it. It's just this tiny unique venue that is like something we need more of both new york and and everywhere just this small unique interesting spot one screen what are we showing um and i think that's beautiful what would be your ideal movie to play here wow that's such a good question part of what's good about it is that they're curating such tiny tiny movies that you know i like they're gonna tell me about shit shit that i don't even that i don't even know about shit that i'm not even hip to um but you know open doom crescendo was like a really good movie to screen here um would love to see a screening of cat scott's gay basher here it's oh just God. that's the vibe um, that's I what we're showed Gay Basher to a hookup recently because uh, they were. Not... You wanted to make them horny. Yeah, that's what I do. I'm like, this was my ex girlfriend. I made this in college. The audio sucks. Do you want to fuck? Um, <laughs> it's a move and it works. It's you can't argue with the results. Yeah, but he uh, he was an audio engineer and was interested in like building a profile something and i was like well i have a challenge for you but unfortunately it is just an mp4 and i and i don't know how to keep explaining this to you but it is just an mp4 you will not be able to recover any of the musical scape i am looking for the project file but you don't even have adobe so it doesn't really matter but i'm i'm pretty certain and i would actually prefer it if we just redid the entire it's only eight minutes and something seconds we can redo every the the sound, the music, the score, the foley, and I would prefer overdub the dialogue. New actors, ADR, maybe same actors if they record like in their own studio. That's fine because it would still be better than what it was, right? Um, so 
I would give the initial, some of the initial, I don't really care about the frat boys. I don't really care about a few people like um, Cameron. I would probably have you do Cameron's. Um, Great. But, and probably all the frat boys. I think that would be fun. Um, It was really fun to have you as a voice actor through college. I remember another project, Hacking the Galaxy, was really fun. I like to listen back to that. Kevin's a really good, as you can tell, has a very commanding voice, but can also do a variety of other voices. Um, I'm going to be uh, vulnerable between slide 10 and 9, and I'm going to see if I can (laughs) drop my speaking voice a little more because I am shy about it. And I realize when I listen back to the podcast that I pitch up my voice the way it used to sound Mm. and I'm not actually speaking in the correct place. And I also don't pass as a masculine person anywhere, especially when I speak up there in a customer service voice. But what's nice is with a microphone is it picks up my quieter lower speaking voice because it's not as resonant as my higher voice and so people can't hear me in bars and stuff but i'm realizing podcast space might be a safe space for me to start practicing that so between slide 10 and 9 here is a different register that i'm trying to learn how to speak from and i might start taking voice lessons because i've not been speaking in my correct range so oh, yeah. on to stu- on to a uh, slide, nine. slide nine. Now You're that I've like myself, Bradley Cooper, a star is born. You're just like training I mean, your voice to be lower. I, um, I, I'm, I just want to take. I just want to take a good look at you. Yeah, I can speak like pretty me. low. I can speak pretty. pretty I yeah. can speak pretty low. I've always sort of had a baritone voice. <laughs> um, yeah. So here I am trying to speak lower because I have a microphone. Beep boop boop. Beep boop. Beep boop boop. Feels weird. Number nine. Syndicated bar theater and kitchen. Yeah, this is where you do your um This is my movie trivia spot. Your trivia spot, so which I've here. joined twice. Once I was right about Hans Zimmer and I still think about it. Um yeah. but I <laughs> hold on to that. <laughs> the one time I was right. The one time um, I was right. Because your cause your group wins like all the time. Yeah, we win pretty frequently. Uh, we're pretty rich in gift cards and candles, as as, <laughs> as I will say. Um, I will say this this is a, a very personal place for me. I spend a lot of time here. I spend a lot of money here. Um, hubba, hubba. Great staff. I will say about the syndicated bar theater kitchen, the movie theater part of it is, and the afterthought part of it is like, I that's not like the primary thing about, syndicated but there is a theater they have you know big cushiony it's not even like they're not seats it's just like long couches basically that you're on um it's a kind of place where they bring you food to your table you can see uh small movies or repertory movies and that's like a it's a it's a perfectly fine place to see a movie during um like reopening post pandemic times they did outdoor screenings on like the side of the wall um that that also had like like on the exterior wall um that that were were cool very popular you could see a movie basically every day there um i think it's really legged up by the gigantic bar space that it is in so many tables so many chairs you can fit hundreds of people in there uh, good cocktails, good food, 
and uh, it's just a great environment. They're always projecting things when you're, you know, in the main bar area. Sometimes they show the Oscars or the Grammys or whatever. Uh, sometimes they show The Bachelor, and uh, and often they're just playing like two movies at the same time, which is just uh, I'm, I'm I'm in hog heaven. Um, so I love syndicated. I don't and, the uh, projector kind of thing because they have to keep the lights on the um, the projector thing. I'm seeing in this photo how they rig the projector, which is kind of cool, but yeah. it is a little hard to see. It's not like if you're there in the quality. day, yeah, at night they'll lower the lights or and obviously the sun will be gone. This is a, this is a daytime picture. Yeah, no, I meant um, I meant when you're there, it feels like. Because it's not entirely black, right? They still keep the lights overhead. Yeah, and people got to be able to like move around. Yeah. So it's not the best place to like. And you know, most of the stuff they're playing in the in the bar area has like no audio, unless we're like specifically watching the Oscars or something like that. So it's not you know it's not the place to get your finest visual picture fidelity. But if you want to hear a bunch of people gasp at who just won Best Supporting Actress, that's that's the place to do it in the Greater Brooklyn Williamsburg Bushwick area. Yeah. Number eight, classic Alamo Drafthouse, Brooklyn, located on the fourth floor of some weird mall. Eight screens, weird bar called House of Wax that has all these, like, wax sculptures of, like, fetuses and shit inside of it. Um, Has a couple of arcade games in the lobby. Used to have a big movie rental thing, but that's another thing that kind of went away with the pandemic um never really came back but they sell all kinds of merch and 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 uh games even in the in the lobby um i i assume anybody listening to this that would have any interest in making it this far into a movie theater list you know the deal with alamo draft house no talking no phones uh they bring you tasty food right to your seat uh assigned seats and um you know it's just uh, you can't go wrong with the alamo i'm a fan of the alamo I'm definitely a fan of Alamo um, as an entity. Any place, any Alamo that you go to is consistent. It's a little more yeah. corporate than Nighthawk, obviously, but the right. way... And the, Alamo was, within the last few years, bought by, like, a venture capital firm. That and, makes you sense. know, I don't, I don't think things have really improved under that ownership. I, but, yeah, uh, that actually makes sense. I do feel like there was a tone shift. Um, but... They, it is the place to have Q&As and screenings, so especially in places like yeah. New York and L.A., it's a cool place to be able to affordably see really cool content that you would otherwise have to go to, like, a f- film festival or something to see. Absolutely. And also, their programming's really fun and really nostalgic, so everything about Alamo as an entity, but definitely Alamo Drafthouse Brooklyn is is a a symptom of having to have a space in new york city it just feels like you're Mm -hmm. kind of like forcing an architecture but if it was some anywhere else it would be much more thought through and designed but it feels like kind of a for it's like when you try to force anything into what used to be corporate offices but like now it's a pop-up or now it's apartments or whatever it has a feeling of like this was probably an office building and now we're trying to like put a theater inside of it right and this is yeah. like again it's on like the fourth floor of a weird mall so like you can go to target on your way up you can go to mcnally jackson the bookstore on your way up 
Uh, you can go to weird rotating furniture stores or roller discos. It's just in like such a bizarre little spot, but um, I like it. And you're right. I totally neglected to mention this about Alamo as a whole. You got to love that pre-show. You got to, they show so relevant good. clips and old obscure oddities beforehand. It's just a great, I don't know, it really gets me in a mood to see what I'm about to see. It's a it's job. It's not just endless ads. It's a job that I really want. Like, oh. whoever gets to do it, like, that is such a nice, cool job. Has one of the five coolest jobs on Earth? I would agree. Yeah. Hopefully it's paid well because it's one of the coolest, funnest Absolutely. looking jobs. Yeah. But, and uh, if you like what you do, you never work a day in your life, right? Uh, number seven, the Museum of the Moving Image, Redstone Theater. Now, this is a, this is a museum dedicated to, what's that now? The Moving Image, uh, that includes movies, but also new tech and all things like that. Anything that involves motion pictures. Uh, they have a huge Muppets exhibit, a permanent Muppets exhibit that I just love to go up there and I visit Big Bird. I just like to hang out. I like to say, hi, what's going on? Um, and inside this theater, they also have a big, as you can maybe see in this image, like a huge theater for screenings, new and old. Uh, they run all kinds of uh, uh, weird programs and big selections and things like that. And I just think the Redstone Theater itself is like beautiful and ambient. I love being inside there. They have cool lights. The walls have an interesting texture. Um, just like a really nice place to see something. No snacks at all. So that's 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 gonna hurt your standings. You know, it's really you can't you can't get a popcorn. You can't get a coffee. Um, it's gonna it's gonna hurt you a little bit, but. It's just a really valuable place. They're always showing something interesting, and I'm just like, damn, I wish I was, I wanted to drag myself up to Astoria right now. But I don't. You've never been. That's my anecdote. Wonderful anecdote. Uh, big fan of the Museum of the Moving Image. Been a while since I've been there. Gotta, gotta arrange a, gotta arrange a trip. Number six. I was wondering what, where Center. this would sit for you. If I was to pick a movie that I identify with, and attached to you specifically, it would be IFC Center for a number of reasons. So I want to hear. Thank you. Your I, I, and I wouldn't I I wouldn't necessarily be like this is Kevin's first pick. TV's Kevin Lanigan's first pick. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Of course, of course. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, this isn't. I wasn't. I wouldn't be like this is Kevin's absolutely favorite theater. But this is the theater that I think most aligns to you, like in a BuzzFeed article. You know. Thank you. Or quiz. Yes, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. Um, the IFC Center, you know, it's been around for a long time in various different permutations. They have a number of screens. Again, we're showing all things new and old, and that's important to me. We're showing weird, you know, mid, usually low-budget movies from all around the world. Also, like, the place where, you know, I think there's, they've been showing May, December for, like, two months now uh, because people keep showing up. It's, like, a good place to build a crowd for a weird movie they also do regular you know like miyazaki screenings and things like that uh, a good like rotation of things like that i think the ifc center sucks a little bit if you've seen the movie bros they go to a movie theater in the movie bros and the exterior is the ifc center and the inside is a nice movie theater i could and tell so yeah there, that was so funny to me it's, it's I was like, not I haven't the same been, place haven't been in that screening <laughs> oh weird what part of the ifc center is that um, but I, it has a, to me, it's kind of a little rundown, a little worse for wear. It's, it's, as a movie theater, it seems tired. And that's part of what I like about it. 
Um, and they have, uh, you know, pretty affordable uh, popcorn and soda as those things go. When you order a small soda at the IFC Center, it is actually small, which is important to me. I'm tired of going out there in, the, in these streets saying, give me your smallest soda, and it's as big as my fucking forearm, okay? I want a small, I want a little bit of soda. And that's what the IFC Center will give you. How also, do you big, feel about the High Point movie theater in St. Louis, Missouri? That's like Clayton right off of 40 by that Amico. Have you been? I don't know if I've been to the High Point. It gives I'd have IFC. To, I'd have to look it up. I'd have to take a look. It gives IFC meets Angelica. Um, yeah. Okay. High but I bet I've been there at some point. Only one or two screens, but same sort of um, concession atmosphere and just like yeah. an old movie theater vibe. Yeah, old movie theater vibe. Love the vibes in this place. Sometimes you go in the theater and you're like, huh, these seats don't match. <laughs> They've yep. obviously been like moved around. But again, that's part of the charm. It's a very sort of like, I don't want to say like a working class movie theater because that sentence doesn't make any sense. But it feels very lived in. It doesn't feel super corporate and ironed out to hell, you know? Um, which is something that I like. Uh, another thing I love about the IFC Center, if your ticket says the movie starts at 110, you are starting like the latest at 120. It's not like, oh, your movie time says seven and actually the movie doesn't start until 730 because of all the previews. The IFC Center is not going to do that to you. They're going to show you a weird little short film and then a, a couple of short previews and the movie begins. It's beautiful. It's perfect. I'm here a lot. Uh, usually if I have an option between a few places to see a movie, IFC Center's pretty high up there. Also, really good subway access. You can see a subway in the picture, in this PowerPoint. Uh, and there's several different ones all over. Uh, I'm pretty sure one of the ones is, uh, the one that Lady Bird gets off at when she goes to New York, in the film Lady Bird. Um, I love the IFC Center. I love the pre-show at the IFC Center, which is just, like, audio-less clips of various filmmakers being interviewed at the IFC Center, um it's cool it's good and uh i'm a big fan love this place it's also on the most new york city street corner in the entire uh city because there is a movie theater there's a basketball court there's a pizza shop there's a smoke shop there's a sex shop there's a jazz club there's a comedy club it's just everything on one little like t-bone intersection and uh i think that's beautiful this is where my city lives it's also right where I went to grad school, so I would walk past it in between it's perfect. classes if I was in Manhattan, and it was also off of the train line that would take me to my Brooklyn campus, so I don't know if I did it a lot, but definitely a handful of times it was either this or that Regal um, on 14th Street that I would pop into if I, was, if I had a bad oh, yeah. mental health day and wanted to catch a, catch a film. Catch a flick. What's going on? What's happening at the Regal Union Square, previously seen on this very PowerPoint? Uh, I did write this movie theater into the book that I'm writing. So, Kat, you are actually, you know me too well. Yep. What's up, folks? TV's Kevin Lanigan here. Uh, after we recorded this episode, Kat Scott sent me a voice message saying to put that voice message in the episode and to answer it. I have not listened to this prior to exactly right now when I'm about to listen to it. Take it away, Cat Scott. Bonus, bonus, um, with shittier audio. 
I wanted to ask, but forgot, um, got distracted by all the, all the rich content of the PowerPoint, but I wanted to ask, since yours is IFC Center, what is the movie theater that you would most associate with me? Or like, if these movie theaters were astrology signs, you know, like which movie theater, not which movie theater would be which astrology sign, but which movie theater seems the most me of the movie theaters that you ranked? I need to know urgently. And I'll find out when the listeners find out. So here is my question for the pod. Kat's got a fascinating question and one that will be shocking and revealing for both yourself and for me. Um, this is, hmm, okay. So I hate to pigeonhole my friend, um, but uh, I do feel like we have to uh, use your dedicated brand of a queer little space. Um, so that's important. We got to consider that when we are deciding what movie theater is Cat Scott's movie theater. Um, a queer little space... Um, you know, a theater that's kind of doing its own thing, so it can't be a huge corporate AMC or a Regal, um, or even a Alamo, okay? So I think, you know, the most we can do here is, like, a local operation with maybe, you know, two or three locations, um, hmm, this is good. This is a good question. Uh, I feel like I should become versed on Los Angeles movie theaters at some point. So, because maybe I, I have a suspicion that, like, the true, the true soul answer lies out there. Soul, S-O-U-L, not S-O-L-E. Um, but that's all, that's all very good. That's all very considered. I'm really trying to give this a lot of thought. And I'm vamping while thinking of that, even though... I can edit this. I, I, I can cut this down all I wanted. But I'm still vamping. Like, it's not just me talking into my computer alone in my room. Uh, no, good bit. We're, keep, we're staying with it. Um, yes, if I am the nasty little... I am... I have C. Where is Cat Scott. I'm going to open up the PowerPoint. Okay. I have perused the list of movie theaters to refresh myself because I'm incredibly tired today. Um, and I think the answer here is is just going to is just going to leap out. It's just going to make sense to me. And the answer Cat Scott and I think this is a theater you've maybe... You know, we did discuss it. We discussed it on the episode. You have been here. Um, and I do think you might be the Angelica Film Center New York. Um, a theater that I love in all of its beautiful imperfections. The way that... It's a theater that appears to just be doing its best. You know what I mean? Like, it's putting its best foot forward and it doesn't always have the you know, the, 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 the pick 
of its its situation, but it's doing its best. So what if the subway runs right underneath it? They're going to keep showing the films. It's a legitimately queer little space. You know, that's where you can go see stuff like All of Us Strangers. Um, I feel like if there's, you know, an, an indie LGBT movie, it's going to pass through this theater. And so that is why I think... You are the Angelica Film Center, New York. Also, you know, a lover of snacks. Uh, and who doesn't love a snack? So that is my answer. A great theater, you know, well represented on this list. In in my opinion, at least, in the top third of New York City movie theaters, which is good. And that means you are in the top third of people. Not, you're not the top third of New Yorkers anymore because you fucking left. But uh, yeah, top third of people, Cat Scott. Top third of New York City movie theaters, Angelica Film Center, New York. Top third of podcasts, Run the Julias. It all makes sense. It all numbers out. Uh, I have no opinion on <laughs> astrological signs. But your movie theater sign... You're an Angelica film rising. Okay, I'm gonna. I don't. I don't know enough. I don't. <laughs> I don't know enough about this to make any jokes. Okay, bye. <coughs> Number five, Alamo Drafthouse, Lower Manhattan, a newer location in the Alamo Drafthouse franchise. Um, impossible to see from the outside. It's in like a weird basement of what appears to be like a mostly abandoned corporate mall. Um. But really cool designs. There's a giant like Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man statue in there. That's like a that. 3D image. You can see him in the image there. They also have Kim's Video, which was a an old New York video store collection of weird oddities and, and weird, you know, just any any bizarre kind of piece that you could ever hope to see. It was gone in Europe for many years, just like was on a boat uh as somewhere overseas and has recently been brought back to the states and is being cataloged and you can rent kim's video in the lobby of the alamo draft tower slower manhattan and if i'm being honest that's that's why it's here that's why it's number five that's why it's over the brooklyn alamo definitely um, is because of this bizarre element and i'm a big fan i haven't been here too many times i hate it the location came along after my alamo era yeah. bad location hate the location it's, a, it's not close to anything unless no. you're like a finance bro and, and I'm not. i it only opened after i stopped working at one world trade center so there was really no and no easy yeah. way to get there from nope. lots of brooklyn living where which is where most people our age we're not finance bros live yep. so yeah bad location hurting its standing but still at number five i just think you know the kim's video thing is so cool i just wish there was any reason for me to ever go there yeah <laughs> it just feels just, like you're kind there of just like, isn't yeah you're kind of like leaving your demographic or bubble by going there but you're watching the yeah. content of your interest so you're like i'm just yeah. gonna see some guys that like i probably don't enjoy having a conversation with in the same theater it's as like me. It's like move. It's like you're an Italian and you move to a new country, but you live in Little Italy in that country. Valid. Yeah, that's a good. I wouldn't know, but that's a good comparison, I believe. It's the. Oh my it's god, I have Italy. I have a little Italian anecdote. Um, 
What? Mario. He jumps around. He jumps on. Goombas. No, you hate that movie. I don't. I don't want to trigger you. Um, He's more than a movie. <laughs> that's true. That's even more triggering that I'm like Mario of the most recent of movie fame. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I hate that. No, um, no, no, no. It's fine. I don't my care. little, my little Italy story is you know the hill in St. Louis, Missouri. That's of our course. equivalent of little Italy. Italiano. So, um, Bella, if you're listening to this podcast, which I don't think you do, stop listening. <laughs> um, I love you. Bella, there's a time code in the description. Stop. But that this you is, can skip around. This is um, related to a surprise for you <laughs> in a few weeks. And this, this episode might come out before then. But After the surprise. Post yeah. surprise. Um, so for my friend's birthday, I'm surprising them. Because their boyfriend is bankrolling my visit to the glamorous mm. St. Louis, Missouri, where I will be eat, pray, loving. And I requested, because um, they were like, he was like, what can I do to make this happen? And I was like, well, I cannot financially bankroll like, like a new, because I was there for COVID to see them uh-huh. and they had COVID. So I'm going to meet him finally his surprise is bankrolling it. I had like a couple gift cards of Southwest, so I could cover most of my f- flights. He's going to bankroll the uh, rental car and the Airbnb. So I went around Airbnb pretending like St. Louis, Missouri was some hot spot. And I, because I usually stay at my friend's who lives across the river in um, Illinois. And it's really generous that their family lets me stay there. And it's it's a wonderful perfectly suburban home but it is like 30 40 minute drive so i'm like if i'm being bankrolled and i don't have to pay out of pocket like i'm going to if this is a write-off i'm gonna pick a spot so i was looking around the neighborhoods of st louis and then (laughs) i landed on this little airbnb in the hill that's italian themed and i also have like finally i have a little roster going of hookups but for some reason i'm not super fuckable in LA or New York, except for on Grinder, but in St. Louis, the second I turn my preferences on, uh, not preferences on, but the second I land, it's just like bing, 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 because I'm this like little sexy trans person coming in from the city. So I'm from the coast. exotic <laughs> when I come back to St. Louis. Big fish, small pond, and Classic. so I can bag people who are normally way hotter than. Uh, <laughs> than I can in the coast. No offense. This person who I met with in over the holidays while everyone else was getting COVID is Sicilian, (laughs) but like fully American grew up in America, but just is Sicilian Italian and has like, that's like just part of their identity. So I like, wow. I messaged them. (laughs) It was like, Hey, come fuck me in the home coming in town. Like, I have like an an Italian themed Airbnb. Would love for my like little Sicilian to come Ooh, through. So I'm about to like go have this like sexy foray in the St. Louis Hill, Little Italy, 
in an Airbnb. Yeah, I guess I guess we should record tacky. that episode when you get back, when you've when you've uh, done your eat, pray, loving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, so yeah, it'll be good timing to have it'll, eat, it'll pray, loved, amazing. and I'll I'll look for some gluten free eats, and then I'll I'll pray, obviously, and then obviously. I'll do some sweet loving. But amazing. This person is as I've started kind of weather ballooning throughout the year is someone who's polysaturated so word of the year polysaturated bingo polysaturated now take a drink i will be saying polysaturated probably in every episode of this year and um this sicilian american is polysaturated so there isn't really hope for me in a long distance big whatever and they're on the younger side. But you can have one beautiful night in Sicily. Sicily, Little Italy, St. Louis, Missouri, The Hill, Airbnb. It's going to be hot and fun unless I ruin it somehow. On <laughs> to number four. Number four, The Metrograph. Honestly, any of these top four really could have been number one. There's various different reasons why I have them where they are. Uh, uh, number four, number three specifically, like could really just go either way. Uh, Metrograph, New York institution, incredible venue, excellent vibes inside the theater. There's only really like two screens and they only show repertories. It's a full repertory theater. Uh, and you know, one of the reasons why I can never leave New York city, uh, we have multiple, multiple dedicated repertory theaters that are good and don't suck. Um, just a wonderful, uh, wonderful place. Means a lot to New York film fans. Nobody in my usually has much bad to say about the Metrograph. Not super geographically convenient for me to get to, but uh, I'm never disappointed when I decide to make the trek up to the Metrograph. I don't think I've been. Wow. Well, yeah. next time you come through, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what's on the docket at the Metrograph, or uh, we don't have to do that. <laughs> we do something else. Um. And number three, Film Forum. Same deal. A New York institution, slightly more uh, uh, theaters in here, four screens, uh, uh, again, a dedicated place for New York film fans, uh, rolling through classics from all over, and does show new films as well, as long as they are uh, very small. And uh, that's where you can see, you know, interesting pieces. Um Interesting seating situation inside the film forum. Lots of big pillars and columns in your in your various theaters, but I like them. I find it very charming. It feels very lived in. It feels very homey. Uh, snack situation, nothing to write home about, but they're there. You can get a dang popcorn. You can get a cookie. And, uh, you know, how much else do you really need if you're there at the film forum? And that's kind of a sign of, um, of a theater that's doing okay i think or like a like a indie type art house type <laughs> theater that's that they're not trying to sell me 18 dollar pretzel bites yeah that they're not like that they're all of their money isn't coming from concessions because yeah. they don't really make money otherwise so it, film yeah forum probably... i think a lot of these places metrograph film forum they have memberships you know so like yeah. I, they get a lot of their money from like regular memberships and things like that yeah they don't have to impress you with their specific twizzlers i worked at a landmark theater art house theater right before i moved to new york and i learned a lot about concession culture and cleaning popcorn machines and 
It was an interesting slice of life. I'm really glad I did it. I'm glad. Two. And that's film. All right. So we're on to number two. And uh, these top two, again, super interchangeable. I went back and forth a lot on these top two and what order I would find them in. And it's very possible that I regret that order. And I don't know. And I'll never be able to find peace with this. Um, But number two, what I have marked as the second best New York movie theater, it honestly might be my favorite. It's the one that is most close to my heart, the one I'm always most interested to go to. Number two, the Nighthawk Prospect Park, located right across the street from Prospect Park, which is the perfect place to walk around after you've seen an impactful piece of art. Uh, Beautiful theater, lots of brickwork. I love the interior of this place. All these stairs and railings, I just find it's a very beautiful place to walk around. They have a nice big bar area where they do trivia, or again, you can grab a drink after you've seen a film um, called the Trees Lounge. Um, it's a, it's a really great spot. They do all kinds of weird little screenings. This is where I go once a month to go see mystery Hong Kong movies. You pay your money. You don't get to know what the action movie is before you go see it. Uh, also they're showing, you know, all the big new stuff that you want to see. Um, they bring you delicious food right to your seat. Um, I love this theater tremendously um it's a it's not it's a good biking distance from my uh, apartment you know a a nice like 30 minute bike ride before you go to the movies um i just really really love this theater and if it were if this were a purely a a subjective list it would very likely be number one cat this is the one that you trained at this is one that i trained at and quit after training yeah i get it Seems bad. I wouldn't want to do it personally. So I didn't, yeah, I didn't spend a lot of time um, returning because of that. I didn't really want to, you know, show my face that often. It also wasn't close to where I ended up moving around the same time because it was in a different area. Like, that's pretty far um, from where I currently live or lived. (laughs) It's certainly far from where you currently live. It's a little hard to get to from Los Angeles. That's a rough commute. Yeah, but I liked it. I went there for a short film screening and really enjoyed it. It is a good spot. If it, a, a movie theater run where you're like, this is run well, I bet the people who work here don't love it. Um, but the, the the service or the what you get to do, it's like Alamo, but kind, probably what Alamo used to be like 10 years ago. Yeah. It's what Alamo can't be anymore because it's a big corporate entity. You know, there's only two Nighthawk locations, so they can keep it strong. They can keep it tight. They still, you know, put out a cookbook, uh, you know, so they, they've obviously got something going on. But um, uh, they do specialty menus for different movies, you know. You can look forward to to what, oh, what's the specialty menu item going to be for Priscilla? Um, they serve good cocktails. They serve good eats. Uh, yeah, just a big fan of the Nighthawk Prospect Park. But sadly, it's not number one on this PowerPoint list because that honor could only go to the AMC Lincoln Square. I can't believe that AMC has the best theater in New York City, but it does. 
I think the AMC Lincoln Square is great. It has this big, beautiful window on the front. So when you're when you're scaling up the many escalators, um, you get a nice view of a of a lovely city area. The interior of this place is really nice. It kind of has this like, it's not old Hollywood themed, but it's like old Hollywood set themed and all the different theaters have little names like the mosaic and and things like that um it has this beautiful i don't know i guess like art deco kind of gaudy kind of tasteless interior but i love that i find that very charming it has if you're seeing something in the basement there's like an escalator that goes down and you're in like a beautiful neon tunnel with this like beautiful uh, light that looks like a film strip above you very moody very cool very atmospheric and um this is also the, the new york city's true imax screen the amc lincoln square has the biggest imax screen in north america which puts it at one of the biggest movie screens period in the world and you can see it on your AMC Stubbs A-list for no extra charge. This is where you go to see new Avatar, to see new Mission Impossible, to see Killers of the Flower Moon. You see it big. You see it in big fucking beautiful IMAX. I've never had a projection problem in the AMC Lincoln Square. They're just doing it fucking different up at the AMC Lincoln Square. This is where I would go when I visit, I think, because I am now an A-list. So this is where I would go on a budget because if I go back to New York... Obviously, it would be on a budget, and this is where I'll go with you first, and if we need to see another film, we'll go to Metrograph. Perfect. Yeah, this is it. This is, if you, if you want to see a big movie, if you're at the theater, you're like, ah, show me the big one. This is where you got to do it. This is the, except no substitute. They're like still playing Oppenheimer in this fucker, because people are like, show it to me big again. I do think that is significant to note is amc is getting a little bit better about being like and we have like one artsy or like one nostalgic like movie running right now um but i between nighthawk and this you you do get most of your artsy film needs met you get the best of both worlds between top one and two but it's kind of like are you gonna spend money which you probably will if you go to nighthawk you'll probably deliver to your chair for the novelty or whatever oh i'm getting the 15 dollars sandwich i'm mm-hmm. getting a 12 dollar drink you know and then you pay the 25 dollars that it is to fucking see barbie whatever um or see an indie movie that has a rowdy sque- screening or whatever or a nostalgic yeah. pick and then amc is when it's like all right the blockbusters are out i'm gonna fucking sit in the recliner seat i have to and i'm gonna have the classic kind of like the going to target experience the american theater experience that this is the commodified theater we go to this movie we go to this place for magic (laughs) exactly we go to amc theaters to laugh to cry to care because we need that all of us that indescribable feeling we get when the lights lights begin begin to to dim dim. and we go someplace we've never been been before. before not just entertain, but somehow reborn together. Dazzling images on a huge silver screen, sound that I can feel. Somehow, heartbreak, heartbreak feels good, good in, in a place, place like this. Our heroes feel like the best part of us, and stories feel perfect and powerful, because here, they, they are. are AMC theaters. We make movies, movies better. better. <laughs> yeah, and 
TV's Kevin Lanigan, I resent you because every time I'm there, I'm like, I'm going to learn this monologue just by listening to it. And I always get pieces of it. But you, you did the whole thing. And you did the abridged one. Like you actually adopted it in your brain to remember because it used to be much longer. And you, uh, you memorized. I think that was the long version. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I, maybe I did some version of it. Yeah. And maybe, yeah, the radio edit of, uh, of the Nicole Kidman AMC ad. Because they wow. have, they, they abridged it. Um, they did. There are several year. different versions. These days, I feel like I don't see the short one anymore. I feel like it's the, I feel like it's usually the long boy. Oh, I usually see the short boy, I think. Wow. Well, maybe that's a East Coast, West Coast thing. Yeah. yeah we Y'all do. so lazy surfing out there. You can't, you can't, you don't have time. You can't watch the I long think, one. I think because they want to like fill us up with trailers because we'll take it we'll take 30 minutes of trailers because we're in the town for it this is our industry tinsel town as i call it oh did you make that up yeah that's me i did that so i hope you guys enjoy this was like two hours maybe more Um, yeah it's a it's a i knew it was gonna be this is one reason why i couldn't do it uh during your powerpoint night was i knew this would be is an endeavor and I'm excited that there's a market and there's probably some interest. One of you out there. Oh, also, I have two regular listeners now. I don't think <gasps> my I don't think either of them will hear this because it's Patreon only. Right. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's, I don't know. It's good to give everyone kind of a flavor of theater and how we can cons- movie theaters and how we consume our movies as we go through julia it's kind of a nice break to say yeah this is sort of the world building of julia roberts and experiencing it we talk about movies on this show and where and how you see a movie greatly impacts its effect on you and um so if you're a new yorker or visiting new york you know you can use this as a framework of advice on where to see a movie or where not to see a movie almost as importantly definitely Um, we definitely spared you some bad nights we spared you some some truly nasty rancid theaters and uh you're welcome for that uh whether or not this episode is free i don't know i was just gonna give it to them oh good yeah give it to the people because i have two regular listeners now and i know they'll listen to this because one lives in new york and one's just nice so <laughs> that's great yeah. i might uh i might even do a video version you know because because the powerpoint kind of fun of i i feel a little unprepared for that i should have been a little sexier but I, that's something no. i need to work through so yeah feel free to drop the video well i'll take a look at it you know i'll run it i'll run it by you um but yes listeners thank you for listening to this uh bonus episode of uh run the julia's uh where we walk down this very niche topic i hope you like it I hope you uh, stay tuned for our episodes that are coming. We're going to be eating, pray, and love him. We're going to be August in that Osage County. We'll be confessing a dangerous mind. We'll be Mother's Daying, probably. Mother. Mother. We'll be meeting Mother, and her name is Julia Roberts. We'll be watching Mother with Jennifer Lawrence and comparing it to Mother's Mother Day. exclamation point. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. Never seen it. Never seen it. Okay. I haven't seen it mostly because it didn't appeal to me very no, much. It doesn't but. look like I would enjoy it. It looks a little too abstract and it probably is going to make really, me feel kind of stupid. I don't really like Darren. I don't really like what Darren's Chris? up to. 
Uh, <laughs> of Star Kid. Aaron, I was thinking of Aronofsky, but um, oh, yeah. I have no thoughts about what Darren Chris is up to, mostly because I don't know. I have deep roots with Darren Chris. Of course. Well, we were talking about Star Kid in this Wait, ju- did, a mere hour ago. Who? Um, did Ryan Murphy do Eat, Pray, Love? Who sure did? did. Okay, so that's also you're gonna you're gonna want to tune in. I know we're doing a lot of hype around Eat, Pray, Love because we're avoiding it. No, um, it's mage. No, it's big. But also, as some of you regular listeners might know, I have this like big conspiracy map of ryan murphy so that also might be a video episode simply so i can walk you through the oh i love that big that's map such a good idea of my conspiracies around ryan murphy at and least I'll, that part of the episode absolutely yeah because i i and i still do want to work in some of his projects in some capacity so i am shooting myself a bit in the foot but it's something that needs to be shared it's something that needs to be explored so gotta get the truth out there I the the truth is out there and listen he's got a new show that debuts tomorrow as of this uh recording what and show? I, was, I was probably gonna check it out. it's like another season of feud which I haven't watched any of oh I haven't but watched they put either. a lot of uh my favorite bossy ladies on it I, and I'm like I guess he, I'll try this out he does a good job casting bossy ladies he's he loves bossy ladies he is good at casting that is one thing about that Ryan Murphy um Absolutely. what's he feud about talent for whatever that's worth What's Feud About? Um, it's another anthology show. And every season this. is a different famous feud. What was the and first season? And this one is six women against Truman Capote, I think. God, hot. Are they getting Philip Seymour Hoffman? <laughs> yeah, they're hooking the Frankenstein voltage up to him. and um, They're poor thingsing. They're poor thingsing. Um, yeah, they're putting Cooper's brain in Philip's body. And, um, no, I don't know who the women are. I don't, and let me, all right, Wikipedia. Feud. Oh, wow. I never heard of Feud 1. And this looks really good. I also like. Is it, isn't that just the way with uh, Ryan Murphy projects? Yeah. I still need to watch Nip Tuck just to feel not good in my body. Right. Of course. Wow. Jessica Lang, Susan Sarandon, Jackie Hoffman, Alfred Molina, Stanley Tucci, Catherine Zeta-Jones. And that's just season one. Damn. Yeah, Bet Bet and Joan. Oh, I do. I gotta watch fucking season one of Feud. It's about Bet Davis about and this. Joan. Crawford. I know. I love Betty Davis. Yeah, and this one is Capote versus the Swans. I don't know what that means. Naomi Watts, Diane Lane, Chloe Sevigny, Calista Flockhart, Demi Moore, Molly Ringwald. What the fuck? And Tom Hollander is Truman Capote. Tom I'm Hollander, watching that. different than Tom Holland's important different. distinction. Tom Hollander is that guy from uh, Pride and Prejudice who's like, eh, yes. Uh, 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 yes he's also the prime minister in mission impossible ghost protocol no yes ghost protocol he's not the one in pride and prejudice that is he's mr collins in pride and prejudice okay he's He's the one when lizzie's friend is like i'm a single woman with no prospects i do need to see pride and prejudice again through an adult lens i was really bored when i saw it at age like 11 or something at a landmark theater i think i think now's the time I think you'll rock with it. So I'm going to vamp a little with Betty Davis eyes, and then we're going to go straight into Kevin's um, closing song about theaters in New York. So she's got Betty Davis eyes and she'll teach you all the sadness not to please you. She's ferocious 
and she knows just what it takes to make a phone. All the boys think she's a spy. She's got Betty Davis eyes. Kevin. Hold on, I'm feeling it. Hold on, I'm vibing. She's got Betty Davis eyes. We come to this place for magic. Fuck yes. Come to AMC theaters to laugh, to cry, to care, because we need that. All of us, that indescribable feeling we get when the lights begin to dim. And we go somewhere we've never been before. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn together. I'm going to cry. Dazzling images on a huge silver screen. Sound that I can feel. Somehow... Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Yes. Our heroes feel like the best part of us. Kevin's and crying. stories feel perfect and powerful. Because here they are. <laughs> I fucking that was... AMC theaters. We make movies better. That was fucking amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That made me so happy. I can't believe I started this podcast feeling like the end was in front of me. (laughs) You're you're Nico Robin. I want to live. I'm reborn. Thank you. (laughs) Not just entertained, but somehow reborn. TV's Kevin Lanigan, Nicole Kidman. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. That was Nicole. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Australian is something I want to get down. Maybe this year will be the year that I get my Australian. This is the year. You're gonna lower your voice and you're gonna get Australian. <laughs> gonna get Australian. But you're gonna get Can't you're gonna it. get stuck in it like Austin Butler. <laughs> <laughs> but opposite. Like yeah. Elvis. Elvis. Hey now. All right, y'all. My name is Kat Scott. I use they, them pronouns. You can find me on Instagram at Kat Scott online. Thank you. And uh, we'll see y'all either later this month or early next when we eat and we pray and we love. And I have 6% battery on the laptop. So. Oh, yeah. There'll be spectacle. There'll be fantasy. There'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Maybe a movie. Yeah, yeah we're going to be a movie. Starring out. Heroes bold, there'll be comedy and a lot of fuss that ends for us real happily. We can watch it all develop. Starring everybody and me. We'll take the world and set it on its ear. Come on, join in. We're gonna start right here. (laughs) It's okay, I landed on my head. Thank you.
Thank you. See, in this film, me and Fozzie play crack investigative reporters for the Daily Chronicle. And Gonzo, he's our photographer. And it's gonna be terrific. Ah! Oh, boy, I wish I were you people seeing this for the first time. Please tell your friends about this show. That was quite a show. Very entertaining. This has been a talk back podcast. Robin! There's still something I want to hear you say! Tell me you want to live! Robin. Robin. I can live. Face it, your whole existence is nothing but a crime. The whole world's against you, Robin. You can't be allowed to live. I never dared to wish for something like that. The world had denied me that hope. I just want to die! The sea's a vast place, so I guarantee... <laughs> someday you'll find friends who won't ever leave you. <laughs> Believe in Luffy. But now, if I'm allowed to say my wish, just this once... And I... I want to live! Take me with you! Take me away from here! You're so awesome! I love you! Let's go!